Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Two Brothers channel. I'm one brother. And I'm the second brother. And I'm Rika. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Um, this is another exciting episode. Now back to you, Mr. Phil. Hey, everybody. Guess what? Today, we're going to be looking at a very interesting topic. And this topic is, let's, let's call this one, faking it ain't making it. One of the uh, one of the sayings that are very destructive out there, you know, we hear a lot of sayings. And one of the sayings that are very destructive, like I said, is this saying that fake it till you make it. It's one of those sayings that you hear many times, you know, I can't think of another one now, but we hear all these kind of sayings. But these kind of sayings, they need some investigation to see their validity, to see if they hold water. And this faking it till you make it is one of those statements, okay? So like we said, this um, episode, I'm gonna title this one, Faking It Ain't Making It. Now, before I go into why faking it ain't making it, I'm gonna see what Mr. Claire is thinking about. Yeah, um, this, is, this is very common when it comes to people trying to just pretend to be somewhere they're not. Now, um, a lot of people know they're not there. They know themselves they're not there. They keep pretending one way. You know, they, they look good, smell good. You know, they look the part, but there's no foundation to the surface. So if you, if you just scratch the surface a little bit, um, everything falls apart. So now that is something that is very, very, especially even here in, in, in the UK where people look the part, talk the part, but they're not the part. And I, um, I came across a friend of mine that actually went into, started talking to me about this. That, you know, you, you are actually one of the few people that I know that are actually real. And what he was saying to me that day, I, I, I had to listen to him carefully because he was, you know, I went up to him, funny enough, asking him to mentor me. And he ended up turning around to me, telling me I'm the real one. So it was, it was really, so that's why I said I had to listen to him carefully. That, you know, because this, the conversation did not go the way I expected it to go. You know, because I've learned over the years that if I like something in you, I will approach you and ask you to mentor me in that thing. So, and he was saying that, you know, then he, he was breaking it down and saying how a lot of people are, are just on the surface. And it's very rare when it comes across somebody like myself that he, he thinks, you know, from, from the way what he knows about me, that I'm not actually pretending to be something I'm not, so that I can be in a certain place. So, um, Mr. Phil, back to you. 
Wow. You know, what you said there, you see, is very, very important not to be uh, fake. Um, this is a, a, an empowerment channel. This is a personal development channel. And it has to be for real. You're either really going to be serious about really improving yourself or you're not. There's no middle ground. Um, again, before I go deeper, you know, what are your thoughts, Rike? Well, my thoughts are that faking it is easy to do. That's why I think that's why probably why they coined the saying faking it till you make it because faking it is easy. But when you're actually somebody, someone of substance, somebody who is real, that requires a lot of skills and a lot of um, dedication and, and also a lot of uh, sacrifices. Mm. Um, whereas when you're faking it, you know, it's, it's more so on the easier side. So I always say do the harder thing first and focus on the substance so that when they do scratch beneath, beneath the surface, it's not hollow, you know? Back to you, Mr. Phil. You know, when you said that faking it is um, easy, one of my main concerns has always been, one of my main concerns has always been that I don't want to start looking good at the beginning, then at the end, I end really badly. You know, and, you know, just ducting uh, into what Le Mr. Claire was saying there. This was someone that he went to his friend to mentor him in one direction. And that friend had to look at Mr. Claire and say, you know what, you're actually for real. Now, what that is pointing to is the price that Mr. Claire has paid. And that price is now coming up with some fruits, coming up with results. Okay. Now, you know what that means? It goes with one of the sayings that we learned many years ago. And the saying, I don't know who came up with that saying, but the saying says, success is an art, not an act. Hmm. I repeat again, success, it's an art, not an act. Hmm. A lot of people get it twisted. They start acting it. <laughs> and like actors, you know, like, you, you know, when you, an actor, you see them fighting in films and everything, then you see them in real life, and you think they can do that thing in real life. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And then when they, they now realize that, oh, they were just acting. It comes from at all. That was a stunt double, you know? So a lot of people are doing stunt doubles in their life. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Then when you get to the real stuff, then there's nothing there. You know, what do you think, Mr. Glenn? Yeah, this is it's um like you just said there. It's 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 um I think what we've what we've been grown up with, what we've what we've been brought up with is watching television and watching a lot of these Hollywood lifestyles. And everybody subconsciously is you know want to be the superstar. You either want to be a footballer or you wanna be the next Kim Kardashian or you just want to be a celebrity out there, which is, um, you know, which on the surface, it looks good. It looks, it looks like that's the lifestyle you want, to, you want to have. Everybody wants to be rich and famous. You know, the life of the rich and famous, you know? You know, signing autograph everywhere you go, you know, waving at people in the crowd, and the spotlight is on you. 
Mm. You know, growing up as for a child, that is like, wow, one day when I grow up, I want to be like that guy on the billboard. But, you know, a reality. You know, I remember many years ago when I went to New York and um, I saw in, the, in, 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 in Times Square, you know, where there's, you know, there's a lot of flashing lights and, and I saw Will Smith in his, wow. in, his, in, his, in his glamorous holding, you know, the limelight in the middle of Times Square, a black man in America, you know, bigger than life, you know, statue of, you know, picture of him. Okay. He his next, his next, his next premiere. And, you know, and you look at that, you think, yeah, his life must be perfect. Because obviously, we can see it there. It's right there on the billboard, you know. And recently, you know, it's amazing how we, we've, with um, what's happened with the lockdown, with YouTube, you're able to see a lot more behind the scene about what the family's life is like, what his, his own personal life is like. And then you think like, you know what? I wouldn't, I would do, I wouldn't want to swap places with him. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't want to. I well, wouldn't want to be him right now <laughs> in a lot of in a lot of places. So, so um, yeah. This is, that back to you, Mister Phil. See what I got from what you just said there is that you look at the glamour, and a lot of people omit the work part that leads to the glamour. They omit the skill that leads to the glamour. Because they're not just glamorous just because they're glamorous. They're not just getting flashing lights. There's a skill, there's a delivery, there's a production. When I say production, there's something that they're giving, maybe it's their acting skills, maybe it's their dancing skills, maybe it's their, um, it's, 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 it's their skill in something that is producing value, that is making the cameras go. So, on this channel, what we're telling people is get to love the work behind the scenes because that is what produces the flashing lights. The flashing lights we all love, the production is when no one is looking, when you are grafting, when, when you are paying the price. That is why success is an art. It's an art because when you're reading the books, when you're studying your when when you're when when you're studying when you're um, pushing yourself to do the right things at the right time when you're um, being hard on yourself to make sure you're paying the price. What are your thoughts, Rike? I agree. I I definitely agree. Um, one of the people that inspire me in terms of work ethic is Beyonce. I watched them. Um, a documentary a couple of years ago about her, uh, I think it was either the homecoming or something. But anyway, you could see there was, um, they were documenting how she, you know, gets into the zone and how she becomes level-headed before she does a tour or a show. And you can really see the amount of effort and energy that she's putting into her craft. So, you know, something like that really inspires me that it's not just, the finishing product you know Beyonce is is an amazing artist and we all know that because of the work she puts behind everything that she does so I aspire to be somebody that 
is working on the behind scenes rather than just the glitz and the glam and all the, you know, theatrics that everybody else sees because without the talent, without the hard work, without all of the pain and the dedication, there's nothing, you know? It's not, it's not tangible. Mm. You know what? Uh, see, um, the, the glamour that we love, okay, only makes sense when you've worked. So there's that saying, work hard to play hard. As a matter of fact, if you don't, if you're not working hard, just to play hard, play hard, play hard, play hard, play hard, becomes mundane after a while because if, if it, it becomes, it, don't, it makes no sense after a while. But guess what? If you work hard, then that playing hard can now become a reward. What do you think, Mr. Clay? Well, it's okay. So let's 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 break it down. You see Beyonce today. That's not how she started. No. And what she what you see her doing is her day job. That's not who she is. Do you mm. Beyonce is shaking her booty on, on stage? It's not Beyonce. <laughs> so let's just let's just be clear about that. You know, let's just. You know, you know, we might want to be Beyonce. Oh my God! You know, that is a day job. Mm. Right? Mm. So, when you meet somebody that is doing their day job, which might be acting or just because of the industry they're in, they have the limelight to show off their, like you said, the skills they've developed. They've been to drama school. They've been to, you know, they've actually. They've, they've, they've honed their skills over the years, you know? You need to then differentiate the person from that display. Mm. The core person is that person is who you need to be looking at. Mm. That person, is that person the same as the characters they're playing or are they themselves a character, you know? So, so that's why I just wanna say it's, it's not, you know, you can't put this, you know, you can't, somebody doing their day job is different to the person they are in real life. Of course, of course. And if they're not real in their day job, if they're not real in their real life, they cannot be real in their day job, you know? And one of the things that um, I'd like us to take this thing into, is that it even applies to countries. If a country is faking it, we come from Nigeria. And I'll tell you one thing, I'm not going to just go straight and say Nigeria is faking it, <laughs> which a lot of people will say, mm -hmm. <laughs> but let's not even go there. Let's look at the fact that if you go to the most luxurious shops in UK right now, you go to Bond Street, you go to Harrods, you go to the most expensive restaurants, you go to, I bet you, you'll be shocked to find that their best clients are Nigerians. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Leia? Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Um, it, will, it, will, it, it shouldn't even shock you, but <laughs> I remember many years ago, I went to um, I used to go to a Mercedes-Benz showroom at lunchtime. 
and I built a relationship with the people in the showroom and um, and they told me that most of the cars, especially the ones, you know, I loved the, you know, cause I was, day, I was dream building, you know, during that, those times. So I used to go in and just dream build about what kind of cars do I want to drive if I could afford one. And, and then, and I used to go in there and they would allow me to go into the Mercedes Benz and, and close the door and listen to the sound, sound, you know, the music, and you could spend like 20 minutes just listening to the sound effect and the and put your you know your recording into the CD player and um, and hear back the sounds that the car is making. And you know, and then there will be a time I'll go back in and I will say, "Where's the car? Because the car's the, the car's gone." And say, "Oh, the, the car has been shipped to the owner. You know, somebody has bought the car." And most times it was Nigerians that were buying the cars. You know, and, and, and I was like, Nigeria, like, what about the bad roads? Oh, yeah, that's why we, you know, they, they adjust the, the, the wheels, they will adjust the, you know, a lot of things to make it worthy for Nigeria. But most of it was flying to Nigeria. So it's amazing because it, that's one story. Another story is going to Dubai. Hmm. Man. <laughs> I've never been to a place where you tell them you're Nigerian and automatically they start treating you first class. Because they believe you've got the money. <laughs> because they believe you have the money to spend. Okay. <laughs> now, I said that, you know, the reason why I said that, Mr. Kleya, is this. I said that because there is a disconnect because when these people see Nigerians and they see us, and they know how Nigerians spend. They don't feel sorry for Nigeria. <laughs> oh, no. They no. don't feel sorry for Nigeria at all. Because they'll be like, you people are rich. Why am I saying that? Because, see, uh, I'm not even going to go into the good or bad of this. I'm just saying it as it is, that they look at Nigeria outside the Russians, the Chinese, everyone that has not been to Nigeria, they look at Nigeria suffering, but they don't feel sorry for Nigeria because the biggest spenders around the world are Nigerians. Mm. So mm. how do you connect? Faking it. Faking it. Because how can you be known in the world as the biggest spender and where you come from is so run down that there's no electricity. Hmm. There is something fundamentally wrong there. So even as a country, Nigeria is faking it and it ain't making it, is it, Mr. Kmeye? It's glaring. It's glaring. It's, it's, it's actually um, it's something that I think as, as a people of style, <laughs> You know, we we are the, the the trend makers. You know, fashion sense, music. You know, the way the mansions, the houses. You know, so we we we're the consumers. You know, and what you find is that you can't have you can't have a consumer without it having a source to produce you know one doesn't go without the other 
you know, it's, but in Nigeria, because of the amount of corruption, you know, um, I remember growing up as a Nigerian, you know, that the people don't even care how much or how you make your money. It's more about just having the money. And the, the minute you have the money, you gain the respect, regardless of how you made the money. But that was challenged when I got to the UK for the first time, where it, I was told by, um, I, I, I was told that, you know, every rich man, you know, has a source of, they've created a company that's supplying them their wealth. And you can't have a rich man without knowing the source of his income, the legitimate source of his income. And be wary of the one that you can't trace mm. the source of his income. Mm. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you know, you step back and take a, take, a, take a different look at wealth to say, okay, listen, are we just talking about money or are we talking about real wealth, transferable wealth, long-lasting wealth? Real, not fake. Rike? Well... Real wealth is better than fake, of course. I was even just thinking earlier to myself, like, even though faking it is somewhat easy, it's also harder because you have to maintain it, you know? And I can't be somebody, well, I don't I wouldn't want to be around people who are building fake wealth, who are have fake um uh, who are a fake character, who are building fake uh, enterprises because it, it just doesn't last and it is hard to maintain. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wouldn't advise it. Back to you, Mr. Phil. I'm laughing because it's obvious we have to do a part two of this, you know, because I can see that this is, um, there's so much more to say. Um, so we're going to round this up now and because there's so much, honestly, um, Next uh, episode, we're going to do a part two of this. And next episode, we're going to look at um, places where a few years ago in the world, the people weren't doing very well. Around the world, they didn't show money. And when I bring it out to Mr. Klein, Mr. Klein, I'm like, oh, it's true, you know. And um, Rika too, actually, because you saw it happening. And versus Nigeria, where... We're not producing anything, but we're spenders. But like Mr. Clay said, you can't be a spender if you're not a producer. Then you're faking it because it's not backed up by real stuff. So let's round off. Let's round off for now and then just come back for part two. Yeah. Um, let's, 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 I can't wait for part two. <laughs> 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 Rike, talk us out. See you guys in part two. Take care. All right, see you guys. See you guys. Bye. All right.